Hello all, and welcome back to Around the Shabbos Table. I'm Aaron Wogelinter. I'm here with my co-host, Rabbi Wogelinter, a.k.a. The Father. Around the Shabbos Table podcast is a podcast that my father and I created in order to bring you some of our healthy arguments and creative conversations in order that you should be able to listen to them now and bring them up at your tables later. It's a really awesome show today, and we're really um, excited to bring you some more ideas about Pesach and to help you set up your Seder in the right way. So please enjoy, and let's get around the Shabbos table. Um, before we get started, so I, I'm, I'm actually launching another podcast um, on the network. Okay. And it's called Beyond the Book, and it's a podcast where we do just that. We, we try to go beyond the book, and obviously we understand the importance of Sfarim and books. Um, Jewish literature is, has been will continue being and is important now um, as ever. You know, we're very used to reading one-liners and, and tweets and just very quick things and excerpts. And to actually get the full thought of an author, to go through that process with him, um, is super important. So books, books are important. And I think authors are important. Authors are important um, in Yiddishkeit because they're, putting something down in a book, they're writing down full thoughts. I think it's very important. And I think... We're the Amma Sefer. Right. And and we are, we are our rabbis are called Seferim. So that, and I, and I want to get to know them. I want to get to know Jewish authors. And I'm super interested um, in the different motivations there are to writing a book, even just in the few, the few episodes that I've launched already or that I've recorded. Um, I've just seen so many different motivations, whether it's, you know, from some it's an education an educator standpoint, I want to educate more. I want to touch more people. Other people are just just interested, and these are things that that are in my head. And to get them down in a book and share those interesting thoughts, they're so interesting to me to get to know and people's life stories. Why people wrote certain books because of how they grew up. There's so much more that goes into it than just what's written. Um, that's what really interested me. So I, I I launched that. It's called Beyond the Book. You can find it. Really, anywhere you find us, um, intentionaljew.com is the network website, and you can find it there. Go subscribe to it on Apple and, um, and Spotify. Um, it's going to be up on YouTube eventually as well. Clips from each video, so you can enjoy that as well if you don't want to listen to an entire um, segment. And uh, just go listen and let me know what you think, and, and let me know who else I can interview and who else I can talk to and what else I can ask. And, and this is growing because of your interest. And the more interested you are as a listener, then the more I can grow it and the more I can bring you um, what I think is, is going to be really uh, helpful and nice and beautiful. So go check it out. It's called Beyond the Book and um, intentionaljew.com, Beyond the Book. Thanks. Okay, and uh, and then just to recap from last week, a little bit of uh, of what we talked about, and I think we got some really nice feedback as well. People who people who really enjoyed seeing um, perhaps like the family's feeling and how the family connected over a Pesach seder, and also what you can do, what you can do in a Pesach seder. Um, I think that was that was nice for people to hear and see. We had an important piece of feedback from from someone or from people really. It wasn't just one person, but people who don't have their own misoras um, from their own families of how to run a Pesach Seder. And they don't have any of these antidotes yet and any of these, these little stories because they're just 
They're just building their families. And they found this to be that, that they were they were sort of included in our table and given some of these some of these tidbits that they, they've never they didn't have in their history. And I think that it was uh, it was really a great toelis um, in, in that respect. Yeah. Baruch Hashem. And, uh, and, and we, we got the feedback, so we heard you, and we appreciated the, uh, the time it took to, to tell us that, that kind of feedback, so thank you. Um, so last week, really the structure was sort of the goal. Where are you getting to? Where can you get? What can you achieve at a Pesach Seder? What kind of feelings? What kind of simcha? What kind of excitement you can give over to those at your Seder, to yourself, um, and to your family? And we want to get um, a little bit more involved in the structure of the Seder this week and actually give you some some vertlach, some things to take home and to, to repeat. And but really not to repeat, because that we'll talk about that, but that's not the idea. The idea is not is your Seder is not a repetition of a gishmak, a vart, of a nice idea, the Torah thought that you that you um that you heard. It's giving over an experience, it's giving over a feeling. And um and, and so we were going to give you ideas that you sh- we want you to digest. We want you to sit on before when you can't eat matzah anymore and you can't eat chametz and you have a couple of days um, to get ready for the Seder. So let these ideas uh, sit inside of you and let yourself digest and, and feel them. And, and when they come out, it's okay if you, again, it's okay if you repeat them, but that's not the idea. We're not giving you four vertlach to say over at your Seder. You know, I don't remember if I if I told this over last week, but um, when I, I told over that my my rabbi and rabbi Will especially taught us a mahalach in, in Haggadah, that was very very precious to me. But I remember one year they Rabbi Matis Bloom, who was connected to to our school, he had gone to Hag as a kid. His brothers were there, whatever. And he um, and and he gave he wrote a a pamphlet. And um, with, I don't know, 150 vetloch. It was, and they were little, like, bite-sized kind of things. And I remember taking that, getting very excited about it, and marking up what night I was going to say which one. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I didn't memorize them because they were right there. I mean, they, they, were, they were written out in short, you know, pretty short bites. I remember coming to the Seder with that. And in our house, stealing the afikoman was a very, very major thing. You know, finding the afikoman. And then hiding it, it was a very major thing. And uh, that year, all of my cousins and my sisters decided that instead of stealing the Afikoman, they were going after my notes. And and at the that place in the Haggadah where we would go look for the Afikoman, they dumped the Afikoman. They didn't even care about the Afikoman. They made a plan and they stole my notes. And they would not, literally would not give them back to me. And it was... Um, it was amazingly painful for me, and I couldn't understand, you know, what's the problem with these notes? These notes are awesome. These velich are awesome. I don't want to speak to Aaron's point. It is not about reading a vart or hearing a vart and saying over a vart. That's saying over a vart. It's living it. It's, it's taking the idea of it and putting it inside you days before Pesach and then Letting it, letting it spring out of you. Look, some people need notes, so you write a few key words in your notes so that you're not telling over a vart, but that, you're, that, that it's something that you're experiencing and it's something that you're, you're saying over in order to be able to get to a point and to elicit either a conversation, 
to get people to talk, to get people to comment, to share their own their own view of it, to argue, whatever, but it's there. You know, we say that if you ask a question at the Pesach Seder, no matter what the question is, if you answer, in order that the children should ask questions, so then you're always right. You're always <laughs> right. And and that's that's even why did you pick that part? Because it's gonna get the stimulate the kids to ask questions, stimulate, you know, the the, the every participant at the table to ask questions. That's really what the what the goal is, is to to teach something to feel something, to bring something out of ourselves at the Seder so that we walk away with something. Right. And um, something I learned, I, th- I assume it's from us, but not it's daunting when you're making a Seder. It's a big night. It's a big, it's a big Haggadah. There's a lot to say. There's a lot of things to do. And uh, we, get, we get maybe overwhelmed with the fact that like, we, have to, we have to get through everything. We've had years, even when we, when, when we were in Chutzlaris and we did... To Sadarim, so we had years where the first night seder and the second night seder were like we would focus on one thing very strong in the first night seder, and then maybe rush through or go through the other things fast at a bit a quicker speed pace, and then the second night, the things we spent time on the first night we would go through quicker, and then so if you look at it as like as a goal as what you're giving over, so then maybe these things don't fit in tonight to what you're doing. And that's okay. You don't have to spend time on every um, nuance and every good question and geshmaka question on the Haggadah, which there are tons of. It doesn't. You don't need to. You can pick a few ideas within Magid and a few ideas within the mitzvos and within Halal and within Nirza, and you can, um, once you have a goal, things flow with each other. So that's what we're going to try to do. That was our introduction. But we're going to try to do that today to give you a formula and an idea of sort of the, the goals you can choose from, the themes that you can build around, some of them. And this is not an exhaustive share nor uh, podcast, but we're going to give you an idea of what you can choose. And then we're going to pick one and go and try to show you how, how you would build that theme and some of the, the lesser known parts of the, uh, of the Haggadah. You know, I want to give a, just a tip. You, one of the things I think is very important to have a successful Seder is not to be so rigid. You have a plan. You've thought it out. You've worked it out. You have even a dream. Like you know what it's going to sound like, what it's going to, how it's going to be. And then you get there, and you know your kids having a meltdown, and it's just not working the way it was supposed to work. It's okay. Just go with the flow. It's going to be great in the end. It's gonna. You, if you're if you're sincere about it and you're excited about it, then. You'll get over it. There, there'll be rough patches. There'll be two people that are having a conversation with each other, not really interested in what you're saying. Not that that ever bothered you. No, never. No, never. Right. No, but 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 you, but you. <laughs> I've gotten my snaps. I've got. <laughs> okay, but you're my but because you you were you were my older son. You you know you were 28. <laughs> but but no, but but even that stuff. When you look back at it, you know there was a person at the seder who wasn't really connecting in because they they didn't have a context. So one of the kids would sit there and, and explain to them and have a, have a side conversation. Mommy would sit and, and look with the very little kids. We'd look at the picture I got us and we'd be talking to them. And you get you, you realize that all of that is part of the picture. Everybody's getting what they need to get. And it's, I think, a, a critical thing. Don't be, don't be rigid in your expectation. And, and because it's not going like your expectation, you think that it's a failure. It's not true. And it's also, you could have a plan that this is the theme you want to talk about. And you end up in a totally different direction 
because somebody makes a point out of something and it ends into an amazing conversation. And sometimes those are the most spectacular sadharm because people get out of them what they wanted to get out of it, not necessarily what somebody was structuring for them, which is also a good thing, but they were getting, they, they, they focused on what, what touched them the most. Right. I, I, sorry, I get excited about this, but just one other thing that we used to do, and I think it helped to include everyone, is we put out all the Haggadahs. We had, obviously, we had, we had much more than, than necessary, but we had tons of Haggadahs, and we would put them out before, and we'd tell everyone, you know, pick your weapon, and pick your, pick your Haggadah. I, don't, I was listening at the beginning, <laughs> and, and it was pick your weapon, and, um, and people really sat there, and you had people, a, a memory of mine was, uh, the Rosh Hashiva Haggadah, the Arts Rosh Hashiva Haggadah. And you had people who probably never heard of these Rosh Hashiva before, and they were sitting at the Seder quoting from Reb Yaakov and Reb Moshe, and they were quoting from them because it was it was what they were using, and they, they had a way of taking that and bringing it into the Seder and being involved. So let people bring their own Haggadahs, let them be involved, um, and, and just become an inclusive Seder, I think, is uh, a recipe for success. Right, we did something else. We also, because we, we very often had people that... The Hebrew was way beyond them, so we would read every paragraph, and uh, we, had a, we had a nusach for, um, for, for the Haggadah. We would read every paragraph, and then go around the table, and until, and, and probably until the Pesukim, but we would go around the table and have everybody read the, you know, read the paragraph in English. And, and then sometimes I would use that as a springboard, and I would say to them, okay, what does it say to you? What, is, what does that paragraph mean to you? And, uh, you know, put people on the spot a little bit, but it was okay because after the first person got put on the spot, everybody else was okay with it. One of my daughter-in-laws sent in that, uh, that, that she used to um, calculate and, and try to figure out exactly which paragraph was going to be hers. And, and, it, and you know, because she got very nervous having to read it out loud and, and then knowing that I was going to ask a question. So uh, it used to drive her crazy that she never ended up with the paragraph that she thought she was going to end up with. Right. She would, it would always change or somebody else would pass. Right. Okay, so let's, uh, let's talk tachas here. What, is, what are some of the goals and some of the themes that one can uh, achieve or try to achieve on Leil HaSeder, on the, on the night to give over perhaps this Amunah and this faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what are some of those? Uh, What are some of the themes that the Seder could do? So, so ultimately, I think that we have to get to the place of realizing that a Kodesh Baruch who loves us, we're part of a nation, and no matter what pathway you take to get there, but that's, that's the end feeling, that a Kodesh Baruch who, that, that, that he takes care of us, he worries about his people, we are his people. Tonight is the birthday of the, of the Jewish nation, and we were, we, were, we were born, we were put together tonight, and, that, and, and the kids need to hear this, and people need to hear this. People need to know that it's not just a thing called Jewish, but that we're part of an Amon Nifcha, we're part of God's, we're chosen people, we are part of God's people, He loves us. These are, these are things and, and the themes that need to come out. But I think that for me, it's always worked, to have a little bit of a mahalach in, if I'm going to be madgish points from, from the paragraphs, the very important thing to me is to see a structure in the Haggadah. I've even written up some stuff on this, but to see the, the to see the structure of the Haggadah, that first is the questions, then the answer, then the paragraphs that deal with how you're supposed to tell the Haggadah, of of when you tell the Haggadah, of of how how you're supposed to do the mitzvah, and then the actual telling of the Haggadah, and the the fact that. It's a little bit of a weird structure the way you tell the Haggadah. 
that you tell over the story of the Exodus of Egypt, not really from the, the, the whole story of the Exodus, and we don't get the Psukim from Shmos. We get the Psukim from Devarim, and it's all built around four Psukim. And I show this at every Seder. I take an art school, I got it, which does a beautiful job with this, that they make the four Psukim bold, and then all, this, all the, sub, the, the sub-explanations of them and what Chazal say about the Pasuk and the Droshas, all of those are in smaller fonts. And you can see, you can, like with your own eyes, you can see the structure. It's not hard to point out. And, and that, you know, that's like a basic, that's a basic thing that I, I want people to, I want us to feel. Because when you have a context and you know, oh, now the reason why I'm saying this paragraph over is because of this and because of this. So then I, I, I think that's a very important thing. You can't really understand things if you don't understand the context. But there also has to be a, point, uh, like a sub-context that, that, that has to, that has to um, tie everything in. And it could be Hakar Satov. Hakar Satov is an easy one because you see in every paragraph, even in the paragraphs that talk about the, the rabbis that told over the Haggadah all night and Rebbe Lezab and Azariah and all of those, you can weave the theme of Hakar Satov into every one of those paragraphs. Dayenu is like a classic. You know, you got to right. ask on Dayenu. Everybody has to ask this question. And, and if you haven't at some point in your life yet asked this question, so then it's critical to discuss it as Seder. Then what does Dayenu mean? Dayenu, it's enough. No, it's not true. We, we are, you know, in, in observant Judaism, it would not have been enough for God to take us out of Egypt and then just left us in the desert. You know, okay, guys, you're on your own. Have a good time. Like, that wouldn't have been enough. And to take us to Mount Sinai but not give us the commandments, that wouldn't have been enough. To, to give us, to bring us into Eretz but not give us a base of Bechira, that's not enough. So then what are we saying? Dayenu, that it would have been enough. And, and the very simple, very simple understanding is, is that every single one of those things would have been enough to make a Yontif. That I, a whole Pesach, a whole Yontif, just for the fact that he took us out, just for the fact that he brought us through the desert, just for the fact that we came into Eretz Yisrael. And then, we, and then the next paragraph, Allah has come the Kama, that he didn't do one of those things. He did all 15 of those things. And this, the concept of Akar Satov, that how are we supposed to feel? Haidu Lashem Kitov, when we sing the hallow, to recognize that we really were so appreciative of this, how lucky we are that we are this nation. That, that, that is a, a beautiful and easy theme to be able to weave through the Haggadah. Right, we're not going to go through every, no, every no, part just, here, but if you take Hakar Satov and then you look through, um, you look through the paragraphs, you can you can see this theme, just weave, and you can weave it through. And again, to get, if you would take this and say, okay, we're going to get to a place where at the end of the night, when we say Hodul Hashem, and when we say in Halal Nir, it's a thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for everything, we've experienced that, we've said it, we've spoken about it for two hours, for three hours, we've spoken about it, and we've, we've experienced that, um, then you've accomplished something great through the night. So Hakar Satov is a, is a great theme. Right, when I was talking about those four psukim, you know, in those four psukim, they're taken from Bikurim. Bikurim, the whole mitzvah is Hakar Satov. You got a two-hour conversation there of explaining Bikurim, explaining the whole concept of Hakar Satov, that you take the first things that you made and instead of you enjoying them, you give them to God. That's, that's huge. And, and you can instruct and teach about Hakar Satov in such a real kind of way. Okay, that was one. What okay. would you say? What, what would you say is a, is a theme that if you were running a seder, you would you would like to weave through? Or one of the ones you remember as a kid? 
Um, for me, it's Amuna um, is always an important one. That faith in God that you really understand. And for me, it's always through the Makos, through the plagues. That if you understand um, the abilities and what God has, and again, it comes back to Akarasatov and to being grateful. But um, the stage before being grateful is you have to you have to know what you're being grateful for. Maybe being grateful for this awesome God who doesn't just plop us here in this world, but he takes care of us, he worries about us, he thinks about us. And that's apparent from the whole story. Um, all the way back to Avram Avinu, you know, that Akash Baruch Hu was, was intimately involved in every in every aspect here. Um, from from Avram to the Gullus, to the actual um, slavery in Egypt, and then all the way to the Geula, and then to where we get to at the end, um, to a place where we have where he brought us to Yisrael, and then he gave us the the Beis Hamikdash, and that um, when you understand that that's there, that Muna is very important from this night um, that Akash Baruch Hu, the the faith that Akash Baruch Hu has and will take care of us. You know the the if you take let's say you take that idea, and now you just sit there with an English, just read through, forget about the, all the commentaries, just read through and say, how can I bring a moon out of this? How can I bring a moon out of this? The, the Haggadah, it just, it just dances in front of you. The, and it's every theme that way. You, you know, with, depending on the glasses you put on, if you really think about it, you will see that concept in everything. You know, my father, Shalom, was a was an artist. And I would walk into a room, and I would see whatever. You know, walk into a room like this, and I would see bookshelves, and I'd see books. My father would see the different patterns of colors. He would see, oh, that shelf is buckling a little bit. And, and this was put up this way, and this is made out of this kind of wood. He would see a totally different picture. We would go to the Mets games. Right? We, went, we spent a lot of time in Shea Stadium. and Because uh, we, we, I certainly love, love baseball. I love going to baseball games. And uh, my father would, would go with us, and he would bring a pad. And either watercolors or pencils, or colored pencils. And he would draw. Spend the, spend the game drawing. And... When you looked at it, he was drawing, you know, you could see the stadium, but he was drawing colors because that's the way, that's what he saw. He saw patches of colors and washes of colors. And if you look at a lot of his art, you see that also, that he'll take colors weaving through weave it right. through pictures. When he, those were his glasses, and that's the way he saw the world. Amazing. And, and you do that in learning also. If you have a certain, you know, the Barbanel, they say that much of the commentary of the Barbanel was colored by his experiences in the Spanish Inquisition, and that he saw the world that way, and and that every you know that every every episode in the Torah spoke to him, and in a lesson and something to understand what he was going through, and I think that that in our own lives, you know, when you take a theme, and you start to look at you look at a parsha, you look at a haggadah, you look at things like that, through your life and through your the the you know the, the, through your glasses. It looks a certain way, and you see beautiful things. And and when you look at the issue of Amuna, and when I look at the issue of Amuna, and we now you know share share ideas in the Haggadah, we're gonna have we're gonna have multiple ideas and very different very different ideas, because the way you see it and the way I see it are gonna be very different. Right, and and that's the point. Right, right, and that's why I encourage everyone. You know, give yourself some time to be creative. You, you you know you do have to know something, but you don't have to know a lot, because it's it's a lot a lot has to do with your feelings, 
And if you have a couple of Haggadahs that have commentary, and by the way, if you're a beginner at this, then the art scroll, the basic art scroll Haggadah, has has many of the simple pshatim, the Haggadah with answers, um, by Rabbi, we- I think it's good, that, that's one of Rabbi Will's title, um, that also has many basic questions. Well, and, anybody and listening at this point, we'll link we'll link to those. We'll put the, a link to them either from from Amazon or we'll put it straight from the right. uh, article website. And so it'll be in the show notes um, below. You could just find that easily um, and and either purchase or just notice that you have one at home uh, like that. But right. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that you 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 get an idea, and and you know even you know, Ramosha or, or you know David's Haggadah, and and you look at that, and you but you're looking at it through a certain kind of eye, so then it looks a certain way. I'll tell you another theme that I think is uh, is, and I'm just I just decided to throw out a few, um, freedom. Spending the night on the concept of freedom of what it cheres. means. What is, what cheres. is cheres? What is freedom? Everything about tonight is to achieve cheres, is to achieve freedom and to feel a sense of freedom. How do we feel a sense of freedom? What is freedom? Um, Are we free today? And, and Correct. You know, th- the, one of the favorite things that I, that I tell over is, um, you know, you take a person who has, has all the, the money and ability to be able to, to do whatever they want to do. But they they can never follow through with anything that they decide. So is that person free? No, that person's enslaved to themselves. And I give a few mashalim like that. And I say you take two two Jews. Um, one of them's name is uh, is Yosef. And um, and and they're they're sitting next to each other. They have two prison cells, and um, one of them's name is Anatoly, and they're they're sitting next to each other in a Russian prison. And they have no Haggadah, they have nothing for Pesach. They have minimal amounts of, of memory of Pesach. And they together, though they're not supposed to communicate, they together write down the things that they remember from the Haggadah. And then weeks before Pesach, if they if they got a raisin and the meager food that they got, they would take the raisin out of their food and they would put it in a cup and they would soak the raisins. And then they took cardboard and used it for matzah. And then they, there was a little piece of, of, a, of a green vegetable. They would take it and put it away to be able to use it for Pesach. And with all these little pieces, they put together a Seder. And they sat that night and they said, Now we're here. Next year in Eretz Yisrael. And at the end of the Seder, Were they free or were they, or were they prisoners? They were the two freest people in the entire world that night because there was nothing that could hold them back. There was nothing that they would allow to get in the way of what they knew was the right thing to do. They had to modify, they had to, they had to compensate, but they were free to be who they wanted to be. Freedom is not the freedom from, freedom is the freedom to. The freedom to be able to do what you know is the right thing to do, to have control on yourself and on your, on your soul and on your spirit to be able to do what needs to be done. In every single paragraph, when you talk about the Chacham and you talk about the Russia, you, can, you ask the question, are they free? When you, in, in all of the teachings of the Haggadah, it's teaching us about what freedom is. I, I think for, for a teenager... I think for I, th- I think for for everyone, 
this is a, an incredibly valuable discussion and an incredibly valuable point to make that tonight we're celebrating freedom and we are we are free. We are free people now. We don't always allow ourselves to be free. We have things that, that shackle us and hold us down. When you get to the paragraph of Chayav on the Mlira Sasatzmo, Yatsam in Mitzrayim, I mean, that's, that's so, so incredibly rich. You turn to your family and you say to them, really, I have to look at myself like I'm from Egypt, from, from, that, I, that I'm, I came out of Egypt? I had the Swiss. I went to, to Europe and went to Auschwitz three times. And I will tell you that I tried. I, I stood on the, on the, the plots when I came off of the, of the trains. I, in the barracks, it was, I had a very difficult time visualizing myself and what the conditions there must have been because I never experienced anything like that. I never experienced anybody barking at me, threatening to shoot me if I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I just don't know what that stress is. I don't know what that feeling is. If I couldn't do that for the Holocaust, how am I supposed to put myself back to Mitzrayim, to put my back, you know, three and a half thousand years? I don't even know the clothes of Mitzrayim. I can't even visualize what they were wearing in Mitzrayim. How am I supposed in Mitzrayim? Right. So, and you and you explain what a Mitzrayim is. You explain Mitzarim. You explain the concept of 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 things that hold you back, of the straits that that constrain you and don't allow you to soar. And if the, if through the discussion tonight we talk about how you you're in control, you are the one, you know, the, you are the one that 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 makes your life happen along with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, But you've got to make the Yishtados. You've got to move yourself. That's freedom. Freedom is not letting anybody take that away from you. I think that the, that that accomplishment is a tremendous accomplishment and allows you then to sing Hallel with a with, with an incredible joy. Nishmas Kol Chai. I mean, you just you, you just can soar because now you're in the driver's seat. Okay, that's you know that's another another big one. Yeah. Okay. So you tell me one. So so far we have a Karsatov and Muna. We have freedom. Right. Okay, those are those are good uh, good themes to build around. What else do you have? I'll tell you two other beautiful ones. And the suffering brings greatness. That that the suffering that that we went through, and to explain and to describe, because Masrabagnus Umsaim Shavach, you have to start with the Gnus. You have to start that the that the Seder starts with the, the more negative parts of where we came from as a nation. That's right. And then it ends with the beautiful parts and what we what we were able to accomplish, but that it only through perhaps not that the, that it's it happened to have been like this, it happens to have been we came from a tarach and we came from Ovdi Avodah but rather that it's because we came from there and it's because there was the darkness that we came from that we were able to achieve the greatness of Yitzias Mitzrayim and of the the understanding of and this connection to God was because. As soon as we recognized the, the, the darkness, and as soon as we were able to, to understand that we were dark, and we called out to God, and that moment, the next is, God took us out of there. You know, there's a, there's a chesidusha thing, to, and I've, I've, I've pointed this out at the Sadarm, that there is, um, when you get to, um, to, to the paragraph that we called out to God, so Vanitzak, 
right towards the, you know towards the end of the of the story so that the stop for a moment and and just think and and I, I I do this at Storm and ask people just to stop and think there are dark parts of our lives there are difficult parts there are there are difficult things that we go through so do what they did in Mitzrayim if when they did it in Mitzrayim it worked call out call out to the Rebunish Lalem and and sometimes people cry I th- you even you even asked us once to close our eyes and close just imagine you were there just to visualize, to feel that sense of, you know what, it hurts, it hurts. There's something, something dark is going on inside of me. I can't talk about it, I can't express it to everyone, but I can stop right now and know that everything is aligned right at this moment. The heavens are open and now is the time for me to call out because this is exactly what I'm saying in the Seder. This is what they were experiencing and this is what I am experiencing. This is the night the Leil Shimurim, Leil Shimurim doesn't just mean that God's protecting us. This is the night where everything is guarded and protected. Everything is open tonight. And, and I think that these kinds of things to point out and to, and to bring, you know, bring your Seder through, I think these are, these are critical. This is not about recitation. I'm telling you, I, it hurts my soul. Ma- Mamish hurts me when I hear people say, yeah, you know, in, in my Seder we say everything. But if you don't feel a thing, then you're saying everything. You you got a checkbox in your in you know check mark in your box. But that's not the point. The point is to get somewhere to feel something. It's hard to sustain this throughout the entire seder. You Granted, in and right? Out, in and out, in and out. But if you walk away with something, you look back at the scene and you say, "Holy schmoly, man, that was something." Okay, I'm gonna give you one more. Um, also a very easy one to weave into paragraphs. I'm going to do it a little bit, just in the beginning. Um, the understanding that every suffering that the Jewish people have undergone is somehow, the Chavz Chaim says this clearly, and this is an, a basic understanding for us, is somehow connected to the original sin. And when I say original sin, it's not what you think. It's to the sin of Mechiras Yosef. And that there is a component of sinna, a component of the dissolution of the Jewish people and of the of the, the fissuring of the of the Jewish nation that has caused our suffering. We went into Mitzrayim in order to be able to fix that. And that's been with us the whole time. It's been with us for three and a half thousand years. And if we can recognize that if we can bring ourselves together, so then that is Geula, when the nation is together, those are, anytime we see the nation together, those were moments of Geula. When we, we accepted the Torah, Kishchad, Belevichad, we stood at the precipice right there, could have been Yemais Mashiach. Had we held on to that, that would have been Yemais Mashiach. And, and that's, the, that, that inspiration of the realization that there is some of this that's in my hands. Yes, we're waiting for Gula. We have to daven for Gula. We ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be Gail. But at the end of the day, there are some steps that I need to take. And one of those steps is, is to come to an understanding that I, I have helped plunge ourselves, plunge myself into Gullus, and I can get out of it by attaching myself to other people. Now you start right from the very beginning. We start with, with dipping. We dip twice. And the whole concept of dipping twice 
is that we went into Mitzrayim with a dip and we came out of Mitzrayim with a dip. The we dipping went, of Yosef's coat. Dipping coke. of Yosef's coat into the, into the blood. That was the beginning of the of the Gullus. And then when we took the Agudas Azov and we dipped it and we sprinkled the blood on the door, and that was our Yitzia. That was taking this uh, the different materials, putting them together, which was what was happening to Klyosol. And that night... The, the, and and to take that and to dip that our mysterious nefesh to dip that on the on the doors, that's the way we get out of it, and just just there and then you pick up the matzah, and you say anya. this not ki anya, like somebody yourselves, this is anya, this is the bread of affliction the achalo avasana that they ate in our dimitzrayim, and why are we bringing this up now, because galsa yehuda meoni. We went into Gullus because of Aini, because of the way we dealt with Aniyam, the way we dealt with people that weren't on the level that we felt we were on, people that we looked at as being beneath us. And we have to, we plunge ourselves at the very beginning of the Seder into Gullus. I don't know if I asked it last week, but when, when you say Halach Ma'anya and you say, Kol Dichvin, anybody who needs, come to my Seder, you can't say that. Because you're not, first of all, you're not allowed to invite people now because the carbon Pesach has to be ala menuyof, right? It's got to be on people that, that, that were on a list before Yontif started. You couldn't, in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, you couldn't be standing in the Beis HaMikdash when Yontif started and turn to a person and say, you have a place to go tonight? The person says, no. Oh, come with me. Oh, sorry, can't invite you. Can't to eat the carbon Pesach. Right? To eat the carbon Pesach. Yeah. That's right. So how exactly can we, how do we start our Seder with this? And and then, you you knocker you look what you're doing, you have your windows right your windows are closed your doors locked, and you make this magnanimous invitation. Anybody in the whole world, you could be in China. I'm inviting you to come to the to the seder. Really? Why don't you say this in shul? Why don't we say this this Shabbos? Shabbos of God, everybody stands up on their chairs and say, "Call Dichvin." If there's anybody here that doesn't know what they're going to do, Yontif, please come to me. But we do it by Seder night because we're making declaration. We're back in the same place. This is the bread of affliction. This is not like the bread of affliction. We are in Gullus. That's why I can invite you now. And this invitation is not an invitation because that happened last week. This is a declaration that I'm getting out of this Gullus. And I'm going to do it with you. And that's how I'm going to get out of this Gullus. You're going to come to my Seder. We're going to be together, and we're going to get out of this gullus. That's a <laughs> that's a tough way to start the Seder. Tish above. That's correct. You look at your Seder plate, and there's an egg, and you're going to eat that at the beginning of. You're going to eat an, a, a hard boiled egg at the beginning of Shulchan Aruch. Many people have the custom. And the reason that we eat an egg is because the night of Tish above is the same night as Pesach night, the same night of the week. And we link the two to remind us that if we don't get the message of the dipping, if we don't get the message of having to have to rectify that dipping, then we're going to be spending Tishabov in in six months. We're going to be spending Tishabov on the same night of the week. We're going to be spending Tishabov. And it gives me an opportunity to look at it and say, but I don't want to do that. So now how do I get out of this? Why is this gullus different than every other gullus? And now I look at every gullus that ended, and this gullus that I'm in now, which has never ended, has been going on for 2,000 years, and I analyze the gullus, and I look at it and say that in every other gullus, 
We didn't have we didn't have to dip. We didn't have the same kind of sinner. But now we dip twice because we need to get the message of look how you got in and this is the way you're going to get out. And in every one of those questions of the Manishtana, we're going over the why this Gullus is different. We indulge ourselves more than we ever indulged. We have the bigger Yetzirah now than we ever had. We, we look at that and we understand, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in Gullus. Yeah, maybe I should put on sneakers, sit on the floor. Right, Tishbov is not. It's not Pesach. We were slaves to Parai. Our God took us all out of there as one package. What were we doing the night of Yitzias Mitzrayim? We were giving birth to the Jewish people, and where did we give birth to the Jewish people? In our houses, mishpacha by mishpacha. Every family, that's the, that's the backbone of Klai So, People, what's a mishpacha? Shifcha. The root of the word mishpacha, shifcha. What's a shifcha? Shifcha is a maidservant. Maidservant is somebody who is there to take care of you. And when we feel like that about each other, I'm here to take care of you, that's a mishpacha. And that was born on Pesach night bringing us all together, making us as one unit, and as one unit, we walked out of Mitzrayim. And that's the encouragement. It's, we're in Gullus, but let's read through this book, because let's understand the steps we need to take to bend ourselves together. Meredith. Two more little things. Also, just to add, the, the, yeah. the rush of the wicked son. Oh. What's, the, what's the wicked son's issue with what's going on here in the Seder is Lefisha Hotzi Atzmo Mina Klal. He took himself out right. of Klal Yisrael. He took himself out of the, the group and the whole. And that's that's exactly why he's a Russia. Because he doesn't see himself as part of this Geula, as part of this unit that's Beautiful. going to bring the Geula. Beautiful. Look at the story that we tell about Rabbi Akiva and all the rabbis in Bnei Brak. What, what's going on? There's so people love to talk about Kochba and you know all that stuff. That's something so simple and beautiful. You know why those rabbis are all sitting together? Why we, why we make a point that those rabbis sitting together? Because every one of them was really potter from the story you'd see us mid-time. Because they were either Bnei Gerim or they were, they were Shevet Levi. So they didn't have to say it. But they understood that they're part of Klai Yisrael. Why do we say, why do we say that they are Babanim? Because what is a Tzibur? Tzadi, Beis, Resh. Tzadikim, Beninim, Rishayim. You need everybody. That's Klai Yisrael. And tonight, you could be my, my biggest thorn on my side. You could be my Russia. Baruch HaMakam. Thank you, God, for giving him to me. Because thank you, God, for making us a seaboard, for making us a whole people. And that's what I have to commit myself to. I could spend the next five hours on this. Paragraph after paragraph after paragraph is talking about respecting other people, connecting to other people. Look at the paragraph from Elizabeth Azaria. But that, that is, we're giving you the seed. We're planting the seed that you can take and, and spend right. your Seder with that. Yeah, Rebbe Elizabeth Azaria. Rebbe Elizabeth Azaria. He's, he, he's a... He's Kiben Shivim Shana, right? Kiben Shivim Shana. He's an 18-year-old kid and, and he's made into, into the head of Sanhedrin and he's not angry, but he recognizes that he didn't have the strength to be able to, to, to get the Chachamim to agree with him 
on, on, a, on a certain practice until Benzoma came along and was able to tie them all together. And he was so excited about that. He didn't say, you know, I couldn't do it and, you know, not until Benzoma came. There was no, there was no remorse, no anger because he recognized there was a respect that he had for the shita of the Chachamim. And he recognized that there was a machlekes here. You could pull this out of every single paragraph. And, and like Aaron said, that's one of the themes of tonight, by the way. Say Ulmad. Go out and learn this. Go take your idea, and, and we say it in Nagata. Say Ulmad, because you're not going to see it on the surface. Go take your, say, get out. Go outside. Go into the world. Look. And then Ulmad, you'll be able to see it. And that's that's what you have to do with with preparing for the seder. Just, you know, I hope that this this you know just inspires everyone. To, these are simple things. There's no guidance here. Just just take your eyes and your heart, and look at your haggadah, and and look at your family. Look at your guests. Look at the people that are around you. You know, if if your family is is made up of a bunch of maminim that have you know bad dispositions. So then you don't need to be madgish the amuna. I'm just giving you an example. Talking about talking about the um the, the midos, talking about the love, that that might be that might be the way to go. If there are family of the most loving people, but God doesn't really play into it, then pull God out of it. But you know what you're what you want to instruct, you know what, what you want to inspire with. Now say Ulman, go find that in the Haggadah, because it's there. I turn the thing over and over and over because every message about the foundations and the fundamentals of the Jewish people are there in this story. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for listening, my, our guests at the Shabbos table. And uh, we hope that this gives you, like, like my father said, like the father said, that this gives you the seeds and gives you the ideas to start building around. If you do need help setting up a structure and setting up and going through ideas and finding um, the right agadas and the right ideas to, to put into these themes, please reach out to us at intentionaljew at gmail.com and we will forward the message to the right person, not me, and get you and get you the answers and the help that you need. Please reach out. Um, we've already had people who've reached out and asked for help and, and that's... Uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to try to help you um, enlighten and help and, and bring bring more of this awesome feeling to um, to others. So thank you for listening and uh, pass the macaroons. Pass the macaroons. <laughs>